Praise the Lord, everybody. Excited to be here with you tonight. Amen. In the house of God. Amen. To share the word of the Lord with you. Uh, we serve an awesome God. Excited about what God is doing. Uh, God is just so good. And uh, I give honor to the pastor, his wife. Amen. And, uh, I don't take this privilege lightly. Uh, but uh, I just got uh, something I want to share from the Lord with you. Uh, Something that kind of personal in, in, in nature, but uh, I just want to be able to minister the word to you tonight. Our text will come from Exodus, the 23rd chapter, verses 1 and 2. Uh, I remember uh, back in 1988, coming back from Germany my first time, and uh, getting into the airport in St. Louis, and uh getting off there and I remember them saying check your flights you know there had been some bad weather so check your connecting flights so as I got in there and we you get off and you walk down the runway or whatever it is you, you call the things uh, I walk out and I look at this big screen and I start seeing all these places Chicago canceled uh, Atlanta canceled Charlotte canceled Dallas canceled all these flights were being canceled but the one that stood out the most to me that evening as I walked down there was the one that said San Diego. Uh, people were crowded around the San Diego counter insisting that they just had to get to San Diego. No, no questions asked, you know, no holds barred. They had to get to San Diego, you know, and, and it was, then, then it hit me as I got there, as I was sitting there and listening to all these people fuss and complain, in my mix to get home to touch soil, American soil, after 23 months, I forgot that it was Super Bowl weekend, and everybody was wanting to get to San Diego to see the Super Bowl. So there was such a frenzy. Uh, after passing the crowded counter there in San Diego, amen, and stepping into our line, to go after the schedule changes, switching airlines, airports, identities, I managed to catch a different flight home. But I'll never forget that crowd and then how they was fussing and, and people were, were getting upset because they had to get to San Diego and the crowd was getting riled up. And I remember one man turning around and saying, whoever wants my ticket can have it for $800. So he was willing to bargain his ticket Amen. And somebody, I'm quite sure, paid that $800 to be able to get to San Diego to see the Super Bowl. Amen. And when you look at what's going on, you know, this crowd was getting violent. This crowd was rising up. And when we look today in our news and all that, and we see the power of crowds, and we see what's going on with the crowds, you know, and how the crowds can turn, you know, and I'm not taking nothing lightly of the, of, of the cause behind what, what the protest is all about, but the crowd can be incited and crowds can sometimes become unruly and we see the destruction of a crowd that is in the wrong spirit. And uh, I was thinking about Exodus, the 23rd chapter, verses 1 and 2, as I was studying the other day. And it hit me, and I want to share this with you. Our word tonight comes from Exodus 23, 1 and 2. The word of the Lord says this, Thou shalt not 
raise a false report, put not thine hand with the wicked to be an unrighteous witness. Thou shalt not follow a multitude, amen, to do evil. Neither shalt thou speak in a cause to decline after, after many to rest judgment. Amen. Thou shalt not follow a multitude to do evil. I'd like to speak to you a little bit tonight on this subject. The law of crowds. The law of crowds. If you could put down your Bibles and stand wherever you're at right now. Lift your hands unto the Lord and let's ask his blessing upon this word. Lord, we love you. We praise you. Come before you tonight, Lord. Your willing vessel, Lord. Your faithful servant. Lord, asking that you anoint these lips, Lord. Let, let these lips, Lord, let your words be my words, Jesus. Let your thoughts be my thoughts, Lord. Let this word find its way, Jesus, into some hungry hearts, Lord. I just pray, Lord, that you touch and move and minister to each and every one of us, Lord. Have your will. You have your way, Jesus. I give you all honor and I give you all glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I sit there and I look at the crowds and, and reports that all is going on right now in our world. And I look at, at, at the destruction. I had a friend who I was stationed with who lives in Minneapolis. And he sent a pictures of his hometown, of his home city of Minneapolis, Minnesota. And he keeps talking about the destruction. And the pictures are absolutely terrible. And again, I'm not taken away from the cause. But there's got to be a different means of communication. There's got to be a voice of reason. But when the crowd gets riled up and the crowd gets to moving, amen, and they get loud and they get this rage within them, amen, that's not good. There has to be a voice of reason coming into place to calm things down, amen. And John Twain, John Train said this, the herd instinct seems to be the strongest human emotion, one that the race is constantly breeding off. As the mavericks are liquidated, happiness is running with the crowd. His thought was that happiness was running with the crowd. I'll address that, that statement here shortly. But I tell you what, I'm so thankful for this precious book. It is timeless as eternity. It has no illustrations, amen, no illusions of grandeur in it. It is the greatest book filled with the greatest words ever, amen. It needs no PR agent, no ad executives, amen, no hype. It is the greatest selling book of all time, amen. Over two billion copies of the Bible in our world today, and each is powerful enough to change lives. This is a life-changing word that we have tonight. Amen. To the, to the 7 billion people in the world today, the Bible has a message. God loves his creation. Amen. His love caused him to die, to die for us. Excuse me. But his love for his creation caused him to die for us. We reciprocate his love by following him in his death, burial, and resurrection. The book teaches us that if you love God and if you love your neighbor, amen, you fulfill the law of God. Amen. We are commanded to love God and to love our neighbor. 
that will fulfill the law of God. The question remains, however, how do I love God? Amen. And how do I love my neighbor? Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. This doesn't mean that we should, uh, should only obey the de dietary, judicial, and the ceremonial laws that were around when Israel was a theocracy. It does mean, however, that we should look to the principles behind these and the moral laws of God. God's character hasn't changed. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. His word is forever settled in heaven. He does not change. This word is settled. And we need to digest this word. We need to live by this word. We need to, to, to eat it. We need to drink it. We need to do everything we can to put this word in our heart. Let this word be hidden in our heart that we might not sin against him. Everything that we need to know we will find right here in this Bible. That's how we we live our lives. See, some of the moral laws that I find interesting, amen, we can find in Deuteronomy, the 22nd chapter, verses 6 and 7. You have the law of the bird nest. It's the principle of self-restraint. Should a person come close to a mother bird sitting on her nest, he is free to shoo the mother bird away and take the eggs, amen, but he must not take the mother bird as well. Learn the law of self-restraint. Amen. That's the law of self-restraint. Restraining yourself. Amen. Deuteronomy 14 and 21 talks about the law of the seething kid. This illustration, this illustrates the importance of behaving in a seemingly fashion. It is inappropriate to cook a baby goat in its mother's milk, that which gave life to the kid. Amen shouldn't be used to kill it. Some things might not break one of the Ten Commandments, but they just don't appear seemingly. Amen? The next law was the law of first fruits we find in, in Exodus 23 and 19. Amen? The first day of the week, the first harvest of the field, and the first portion of, the, of every paycheck, first things belong to God. God wants our first fruits. Amen? Today, however, our attention is focused on the law of crowds. Our text says, Thou shalt not follow a multitude to do evil. While I don't intend to, to castigate everything that's going on right now, amen, in our world, all right, I just want us to understand that there's some things, there's a path that we need to take that is narrow. But he calls there's a broad path that leads to destruction. And we see that destruction of the broad path being played out before our very eyes. Amen. Our text commands us to not follow a multitude to do evil. The specific setting of the text appears to be when a group of people decides to accuse someone falsely and takes that person to law. One translation says it like this in Exodus 23 and 2. Do not join a crowd that intends to do evil. When you are on the witness stand, do not be swayed in your testimony by the opinion of the majority. Amen. See, God calls individuals. God called Noah to save the world. God called Elijah to stand alone at Mount Carmel. God called Moses to come up to the mountain before him. In the roll call of Hebrews 11... 
you will notice that 17 times we read of individuals being called of God for a purpose. God preaches for the in, reaches for the individual person. He, he called Zacchaeus a short man. Your stature does not matter to God. It doesn't matter your stature. Amen. God made himself of no reputation and came to this earth. Amen. He called Jephthah the son of a prostitute. Your past does not matter to God. Amen. He called Amos an anonymous shepherd. Your popularity does not matter to God. He uses people of any occupation. He uses fishermen, tax collectors, potters, or even carpenters. Amen. He calls people regardless of their education level. Paul or Mark, he will use you. Amen. He calls people of various financial standings. Joseph of Amethyst or blind Bartimaeus. Read someone's resume, amen, and you will, you, you will see that, see, we humans identify ourselves by groups, alumni of this school, a member of the civic club, amen, registered with this political party, and so forth. God isn't impressed with your group membership. He wants you. You're the only thing that matters to God. It doesn't matter where you came from. It don't matter what side of the tracks you grew up on. God just wants you. He wants to invest in you. He wants you to come out from amongst them and follow him. Amen. He gave his life that you might have life. Amen. Just tear down the strongholds, Lord, and, and cast all your cares upon the Lord and move and minister. Amen. But I belong to the country club. I belong to this fraternity. I belong to this sorority. I belong to this association. Paul said it like this. You also, you also are among those who are called to belong to Jesus Christ. Amen. We are called to belong to Jesus Christ. Even though you are among those who are belong to him, amen, he still values you as an individual. God only cares about you. Amen. He doesn't care where you came from because it doesn't matter where you came from. It's where he can take you. It's where he can lift you up to. It's who he can shape and mold you into more of his image. Amen. You are a unique treasure in his sight. Amen. The same God who fashioned snowflakes to be, the to be so uniquely designed you. You have unique fingerprints. Amen. You have a unique voice pattern, retina patterns, and DNA. The same God who uniquely made you wants a relationship with you. Amen. That's all that matters. Amen. The authors of the classic management book, In Search of Excellence, pinpoint a human need. Each person needs to feel valued. But each person also has a desire to be part of a greater group. All too often we seek, seek acceptance in the wrong crowds. To get along, we, got, we go along with the crowd. And we cease to be who God wants us to be. Amen. Because we're too worried about we, what we may look like. We want to fit in. We want to be a part of the crowd. But God said, come out from amongst them and be ye separate. Amen. Perhaps this is the reason God calls individuals. He knows that crowds are dangerous. They're very dangerous. Amen. This ha can happen in several different ways. Amen. Crowds are, can danger, can damage an individual. And crowds cause us to lose our identity. That's my first point I want to make tonight. Crowds will cause you to lose your identity. This world longs to press us into a mode. It wasn't so serious 
It would be humorous. The very thing the church is accused of doing, forcing people into lockstep. Amen. The world does it, it, does it at all times. Amen. I'm from a generation that only wishes to have a few, their bodies extraneous metal in the form of dental fillings, pins or plates, or other needful things. Yet the pressure of the crowds has caused young men and women today to turn their bodies into pin cushions. Amen. What causes a person to do this? The desire to fit in. Amen. The desire to feel like they belong to something or someone. Amen. Amen. It's not about fitting in with this world because this world's not going to heaven. Amen. This world's not going to heaven. Amen. You need to make up your mind. Do you want to be a part of this world or do you want to be a part of his world? Amen. As a student in high school, I found a poster somewhere of a young man, young man racing out of a doorway and down a steep set of stairs. The further each went down the stairs, the less defined they became. And gradually, he, became, he began to look more like a hound's tooth pattern than a person. At the foot of the stairs was a sea of hound's teeth. Amen. The message, amen, people enter this life with hopes and dreams, yet they soon learn that to succeed they must follow a certain track. Albeit, when you follow the world's track, you will descend to the seas of nothingness. Dr. Samuel Johnson once said, I walk with crowds not too much that I enjoy their company, but to avoid myself. Yes, running with the crowd is an easy way to deny your own identity. Running with the crowd takes away your individuality. Amen. Because you're too busy trying to fit in. We don't want to fit in with this world and their ideology. Amen. We want to fit in with what, what is righteousness and what's going to lead us to eternity. Amen. The second thing I want to bring to you tonight is crowds can influence our actions negatively. Amen. Maybe you have seen the famous lynching photos. A few years ago, they were taking a tour of the Metropolis Museums. Amen. These are the earliest known hangings in the United States. These were not performed by legal authorities after a fair trial. These were the hangings of people who were in an emotional frenzy, lynch mobs. Amen. The photos reveal a couple of startling things. First is that many of the hangings were racially motivated. Amen. The other is that these photos not only included the person hanging, but the lynch mob standing around admiring their work. An ancient Roman who lived in the time of Christ said this, We are more wicked together than separately. If you are forced to be in a crowd, then most of all, you should withdraw into yourself. Perhaps you think that you're immune to the influence of the crowd. Few are. Few are. Amen. The emotion of the crowd feeds on itself and becomes a force all of its own. People who are caught up in its current, amen, are carried into places they never thought they would possibly be. Amen. Paul Amanchi said this, everyone in the crowd has the power to throw dirt. Nine out of ten have the inclination. Humans can mix and mingle. Humans want to, want to copy and not 
to contradict. Amen. Running with the crowd will lead you down to places you don't want to be. Amen. You'll end up in trouble. You'll end up doing things that you never thought you would ever do because you were too busy trying to fit in with the crowd. My third thing is this. Crowds escort us to a place we don't want to go. If you are in the majority, there is a good chance you are wrong. Amen. As a teen, amen, God allowed me to learn a lesson the hard way. A very hard lesson. At 14 years old, intended being somewhere I shouldn't have been doing what I shouldn't have been doing. Amen. Hanging with the big boys as a little boy. Amen. Out playing a game. Chose to be a friendly game of football between this neighborhood and that neighborhood. Amen. But somewhere along the line, something happened. Something changed. Something got hard. Something got rose up. And tempers began to flare. Amen. But somewhere in between receiving lumps, dodging chains and boards and, and, and bats. Amen. Receiving lumps, trying to give some lumps. I got stabbed in my stomach. I live today, amen, with a reminder of how the crowd, running with the crowd will cost you. I have a nine-inch scar on my stomach from where, when it, when it happened, I have no idea, amen, but it happened, and it's been a lifelong reminder to me of what the crowd will do. You don't want to run with the crowd. You want to be your own individual. I learned a lesson that day. Amen. It almost cost me my life, and it cost me a lot of things. Amen. But the main thing it did is it taught me a lesson to not run with the crowd, not to think that I need to be with the crowd. Amen. I mentioned that this was a taller. Amen. It took a few more experiences like that for a simple lesson to draw on, on me a Rhodes Scholar, though, I'm kidding, I'm the least educated one in my family. Amen. The crowd was taking me places I didn't want to go. Amen. It was taking me down a path I didn't, I didn't, I didn't need to be on. Amen. Jesus said that the gate of destruction is wide. Its path is easy and that travelers are many. However, the gate to life everlasting, amen, is narrow. Its path is difficult, and its travelers are few. The crowd, the crowd is big. It's a multitude, a multitude that intends to do evil if you get swept into it. It's a crowd. It's a multitude. Amen. It's the majority that will take you down a broad path that leads to destruction. Amen. You have to make up your mind and understand, if I'm going to make it to heaven, I need to stay on a straight and narrow path. I can't get caught up. And what everybody's doing. I can't get caught up in comparing. Oh, so-and-so's doing this. So-and-so's doing that. Oh, nobody's saying anything to some, this person. And they're doing this. Amen. It is your day of salvation. You need to come out from amongst them. You need to stay on that straight and narrow path that leads to righteousness. Don't get caught up in what the world's doing. Don't get caught up in what the crowd's doing. Amen. How many of us struggle when it comes to worship? Because we're worried about what our neighbors might think. We may... You know, are we going to get too exuberant? Express yourself. Express yourself in the Holy Ghost. Let God have.
have his will. Let God have his way. That individual may be causing you from reaching your breakthrough. Just let God have his perfect will in your life. Let God have his liberty. Where his presence is, there is liberty. And when we enter into his presence, we have that liberty. We are to let him have his perfect will, his perfect way. Quit worrying about the crowd. Quit worrying about your reputation or how you're going to look. And let God have his will. Let God have his way. Amen. The next thing I want you to know is that the listen that we need to listen to the solitary voice of God. In most crowds, somebody gets up and they get loud. Amen. They carry bull horns. They want to be the loudest one. They want to drown out the voice of reason. Amen. That's why you need to back up. Get some time alone and listen for that still small voice. Amen. God bids us to stand. And if need to be, stand alone. Amen. It was Max Licato who once wrote, A man who's, who wants to lead the orchestra must turn his back to the crowd. Those who accomplish great things usually turn their backs on the crowd. The crowd doesn't matter. The crowd's not going to get you where you need to go. The crowd's not going to allow you to accomplish what God has for you to do if you keep your eyes on the crowd, if you keep giving in to the crowd. Amen. Be your own individual. Turn your back. Amen. It's going to cost you. Living for God is going to cost you something. Amen. It could cost you friends. Amen. But I'm telling you, a good friend will be there to lift you up, to encourage you to keep on going. Amen. They won't deny you. They won't run you down. They won't talk about you. They'll be rooting for you. They'll be cheering for you. But you got the naysayers. Cut the naysayers. Let them go. If you got people that are encouraging to do things that's not lining up with the life that you desire to live with God, then you need to cut those strings. Amen. Caleb, as an old man, stood alone. Forty years prior, he had stood against the majority on the report. Amen. On the brink of the promised land, he said, give me this mountain. Amen. Everybody else seen had been in there with them. They had went in there and looked at the promised land. Him and, him and, and Joshua came back with a report that says, we can take it. Let's go. Let's move in here. But the naysayers, amen, the majority ruled that day. And they didn't get their promise. And they waited 40 days for something they could have had that day. Amen. Don't let the crowd, don't let the majority rule your decisions. Don't let the majority take you away from having your promise that God has for you because you're worried or, or they're speaking louder. You step back and you let that still small voice be heard. Amen. You let the voice of reason be heard and you stand. If you have to stand alone, stand. Amen. Elijah had it as an adult, stood alone. Although God came through in a mighty way atop Mount Carmel, the stress of standing alone was apparently in this man's subsequent actions. Although he paid a price physically and emotionally, he stood. He stood. It didn't matter what the crowd. It didn't matter what he was against. He thought he was all alone, but he wasn't alone. He had God on his side. Moses also as an adult stood alone. He chose to suffer with his people than to enjoy the pleasures of Egypt. Amen. We need to come out. We need to make that choice. We need to have a made up mind that says whatever the majority is doing, I don't want to have nothing to do with it. Amen. I'd much rather suffer with my people, the people of righteousness, than to party and to live a life for those who are headed for destruction. 
Those who are doing everything and anything. Amen. And compromising and justifying. Amen. There's no justifying of this word. You've got to live this word. You've got to digest this word. You've got to put this word in your heart. Amen. You've got to eat it every day. This is the bread of life. Amen. It will, and if we continue to stay in this word, it will direct our paths. It will give us the knowledge and the wisdom that we need to stand every day because we know, what, we know that the Bible says, no weapon formed against us shall prosper. Amen. Because greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Stand. Stand for what you believe in. Don't waver. Don't let every wind of doctrine pause to cause you to be tossed to and fro. You stand. You stand on this word of God. You stand on what you believe in. You stand. You be rooted. You be grounded. Amen. Don't be tossed to and fro. Amen. You get this word in your heart and you stand and you keep pressing. Nothing else matters but living for Jesus. Only thing that matters is what walking through those gates one day and hearing those words, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Because the crowd, the multitude, will take you down a path that, that's going to be destructions. Amen. And you don't want to be a part of that lake of fire. Amen. You want to be in those gates, walking through those gates of heaven one day, rejoicing and shouting. Amen. Kneeling at the feet of God. Amen. That's what it's all about. Daniel, as a young man, stood alone against the most powerful civilization in the world. It doesn't matter. you got to stand. It doesn't matter what you face. Amen. If the world tells you to do this, you stand. You do what God has called you to do. Amen. You stand on his word. You stand on what your belief is. Amen. Maybe that's the best time to learn this when you're a young person. Amen. I came across this teen's creed. We need to encourage our young people to take a stand. We need to put this word. We need to continue to teach moms, dad, grandfathers, grandmothers, aunts, uncles, every chance you get. You got to take your, your, your family members. You got to take these teens. We got to take these young people and we got to give them the word of God. We got to feed them this word. But listen to this creed from an anonymous author. Amen. It says, don't let your parents down. They brought you up. Be humble enough to obey. You may give orders someday. Amen. You may be the person in charge someday that's going to, going to give the orders. Amen. Be humble. Be humble in all that you do. Choose your companions with care. Amen. You become what they are. Choose your mate. Choose your mate wisely. Guard your thoughts. What you think you are. What you think you are. Choose only to de date who would make a good mate. Be master of your habits or they will master you. Don't be a show off when you drive. Drive with safety and arrive. Don't let the crowd press you. Stand for something or you'll fall for anything. Listen to the voice of God. Listen to the law of multitudes. Amen. And it is separate, separate yourself from those who would lead you astray. Listen to the voice of God. Listen to that still small voice. Don't let that crowd drown you out. Amen. I can't leave the thought, leave this thought without saying something about Christ's passion. Amen. He entered into Jerusalem on Sunday with a great fanfare and shouts of Hosanna. By Friday, the crowd turned on him and was shouting, crucify him. Amen. I wonder, I wonder 
How many were in both crowds? How many were, were yelling Hosanna on Friday? Amen. But come Sunday, amen, they was yelling crucify him. Amen. I wonder if Jesus saw people who praised him on Sunday, but who spit on him on Friday. The peril of crowds. They will lead you to a place you don't want to go. Don't get caught up in the crowds. Amen. Be the person that God has died for you to be. Amen. Don't get caught up in that. Don't look at this world. And I understand it's hard right now. Amen. You got so many voices in your ear. Amen. I, I, I would encourage you. I haven't watched the news in a long time. Turn the news off. It's negative. Social media, it, everything's negative. You see more bad than you do good. What's the point? Amen. You don't need that in your life. Amen. It's the voice of the crowd. There's a lot of influences going on right now. Leading towards what's going on. <coughs> Excuse me. Amen. What's going on today and leading into this election. You got the voices ringing loud. Trying to persuade you to go this way or to go that way. But I encourage you. Make a stand. Make a stand for what's right. Do the right thing. Amen. Come out from amongst them. Amen. Be separate. Be ye holy. For the Lord is holy. Don't get caught up in the things of this world. Quit looking at what these people are doing and what those people are doing. Amen. Be your own individual. Be exactly who God died for you to be. Amen. And I close with this. Amen. Do you remember the closing of the story about the auction of the old violin? I don't know how many people know that story. It's a beautiful story. All right. The crowd didn't want the, the, the scared instrument, the scarred instrument, until the master violinist played it. Then the bidding jumped. The story closes with this line. The foolish crowd never can quite understand the worth of a soul and the change that is wrought by the touch of the master's hand. Amen. When we allow God into our lives, amen, things change. We cannot get into God's presence and leave the same way it came. We and every time we pray, we need to have a breakthrough. We need to pray through. We need to let God have His will. And I can't say that enough. I'm afraid the time that we're living in right now, I'm seeing people swaying back and forth. People not having a made-up mind the way they should. They're, they're letting things creep into their life. And, and things as things creep into your life, things are going to creep into the church. And we need to protect ourselves. This is holy ground. You are holy. You are a child. You are a temple of the Holy Ghost. Keep yourself separated. Keep yourself holy. Holy. Don't get caught up in this world, the influences, a little compromise here and a little compromise there. Amen. Stay on that straight and narrow path. That broad path is going to lead to destruction. A little leaven leavens the whole lump. I encourage you, I encourage you to keep and make that stand. Don't give in. Amen. Don't back up. Don't give in. Amen. Now is the day and the hour where we don't want to give in. We don't want to give up. We want to stand. We want to stand on the principles. We want to stand on the word of God. Amen. See, a solitary man saved you. A solitary man shed his life for you. Give your life to him, not the crowd. Give your life to Christ. 
Amen. I close with that. Amen. If you'll stand with me, let's pray. Lord, I love you. I come before you tonight, Lord, with a burden. Amen. For us to stand. To stand for you and for you alone. Amen. Not being influenced by the things of this world, Lord. Lord, I pray that for each and every individual tonight, Lord, under the sound of my voice, Lord Jesus, that you filter the things they hear, the things they see, the things they come in contact with, Lord. I pray, Lord, that you help them not to be influenced by the things of this world, Lord, but through the Holy Ghost, Lord, that they will have an influence upon those around them. Lord, that they will be that life-changing measure, that instrument that somebody can come to, Lord, in a time of need. Lord, and ask that question, what shall I do? Lord, and they can prepare those words that say you must repent. You must be baptized in Jesus' name for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. It's the Holy Ghost that gives us understanding. It's the Holy Ghost that leads us down that path of righteousness. We need the Holy Ghost, Lord. I pray, Lord, that you help us to share our testimonies, Lord. Let this world see in us, Lord. The change, Lord. Let our former friends see, Lord, what we've become in you. Lord, how we've left that old life behind. Lord, and we've stepped. And we keep stepping. And we keep standing alone, Lord, because we're on a straight and narrow path, Lord. It's a struggle every day, Lord, but you give us strength. Lord, you give us guidance and you give us direction, Lord, through your word. Lord, through the power of prayer, Lord, through the power of your preached word. Lord, I just pray that you touch each and every one of us, Lord. Help us to come out from amongst them. Help us to be separated, Lord. Lord, just help us to put on that full armor every day, Lord, and to wage this battle. Lord, touch and move and minister, Lord, in only a way that you can. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. See you Wednesday night. In Jesus' name.